Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. The Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to grace the airwaves with you, the listeners, once again. Well, the Viking fan base picked up a little bit again last week. It was nice after a very dark day with the... Uh, New England Patriots and all that good stuff, and the Adrian uh, dark cloud over the organization. The numbers basically for the show were cut in half, if not less. In fact, I'd even drop it down to a third. <laughs> it was a pretty rough, pretty rough go during the Patriot week. Last week, things pick up a bit because of a certain quarterback named Teddy Bridgewater taking over. The fan interest, the fan intrigue, a shot in the arm, if you will, for the Minnesota Vikings franchise. Just what the doctor ordered. And the Minnesota Vikings today defeat the Atlanta Falcons in DCF Bank Stadium. Teddy Bridgewater leading the way, 41-28. to Unbelievable. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater hasn't even thrown his first career touchdown pass yet, folks. Yet he's the first Minnesota Vikings rookie ever, ever, to throw 300 yards in his first ever game, or first ever start. Holy crap, Batman! That's pretty doggone amazing, isn't it, folks? Pretty <laughs> pretty doggone amazing. It's crazy when you think of, well, how rich the history is for this team in general. I mean, it's not like, okay, sure, it's not like it's, you know, like the San Francisco 49ers history or anything, like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Kaepernick, uh, Jeff Garcia. Okay, those names are all right. Kaepernick's good, but uh, you get the idea. It's not like you have Brett Favre and, and Dan Marino and all them on the same team as rookies all throughout their career for the Minnesota Vikings. But at the same time, I mean, still, you're talking 50-plus years. A guy, like, passes a number in his first, you know, it's just crazy. It's very encouraging at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, the encouragement level for this Minnesota Vikings franchise and fan base is very, very, very high. Very high. Uh, unfortunately, we have an injury to Teddy Bridgewater. Had a lot of us scared. I mean, the last time you saw guys, a guy go down with what looked like an ankle injury and going on a cart, he had several breaks in his foot. That was, of course, Matt Castle, the previous Minnesota Vikings quarterback. It seems like five minutes ago he was the quarterback of the Vikings. Now, <laughs> now he's out for the season, put on IR, along with Fusco, Brandon Fusco, the uh, offensive lineman. So obviously Bridgewater is a little bit, a uh, little bit more, uh, 
to deal with when it comes to <laughs> pass rush, per se, and we saw a bit of that today from the Atlanta Falcons. A little bit scary at times, but the good news is it appears that Brandon, uh, what am I talking about, that Teddy Bridgewater, Brandon Fusco, that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be A-OK. That's the good news. Thank God in heaven for that. <laughs> what a fun game, and this is going to be a pretty emotional show, of course, in a, in a positive way. There are notes. That's the good part. So this isn't going to be like a big mess and all over the place. So that's the point. (laughs) Yet at the same time, it's going to be more of a flow type of show. Like I have those sometimes after a very emotional game like this one. A very history in the making type of game for the Vikings franchise. Or so we'd like to believe with our new quarterback. The game started the way it ended in a lot of ways. With a chant of Teddy... Teddy, Teddy, (laughs) or dare I say, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Very cool to hear the fan base be as excited as they are. You have already a purple teddy bears with the number five saying Bridgewater, like little beanie baby type figures. You have Sebastian Balls on national television. Yes, Sebastian Balls. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he believed me at first. I Facebooked him because he was at the game, of course. He was uh, hanging over the the railing a bit. Holding the sign saying, and Teddy we trust, and it was Sebastian Valls. I just had a big smile on my face when I saw that and had to message him right away. I'm sure, yeah, he wasn't able to respond right away, I'm sure, because he's in the moment there. And you can only look at your phone so much in a loud, uh, emotional place like TCF Bank was this uh, on this great day in Viking history. Um, man. I just thought that was really sweet, though. So you got to see, I got to see Sebastian Balls for a moment. It was in uh, early in the fourth quarter, to uh, be exact. But also, like last week, it seemed like the Vikings couldn't make a stop early on. I mean, Atlanta was what eight for ten, eight for ten on third downs at one point. You know, we were talking with uh, I was talking on and off with uh, Dave Martin over from Scotland over there, northern part of Scotland on Twitter. Love talking with him. He's he's the Purple Mafia Twitter king. He's the he's the king now. <laughs> uh, lots of interaction throughout the game with uh, other with with Todd and and uh, Mark Carlson and others. Just very cool, very cool game, uh, very cool conversation going on. Very enjoyable game. Yeah, I'm a little hyper right now, so <laughs> I'm gonna try to calm down a little bit. I got to be like Teddy Bridgewater and a lot less like Ponder. I don't want to be all happy feet right now, running around. <laughs> A little too much, screwing things up, being a little bit too hyper. I gotta be like Teddy Bridgewater, like he was on his first touchdown drive of his career. First ever touchdown drive of his career. Notice no touchdown pass, even though he was awfully close to one. Matt Asiata scored his first of three touchdowns. Three times Matt Asiata. Like I said last week also, that Matt Asiata is is probably a goal line type of guy. A goal line smash type of running back. More so than a starting type of running back. And we're going to get to that in a moment here, too. Just so many positive elements in this game today for the future of this franchise and, quite frankly, for the future of this podcast. Because I can't imagine a game like today is going to hurt this show in any way, shape, or form. Because if it does, something's just really wrong here. Boy, people must be running from positivity because they're afraid of a letdown. But, yeah, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> no letdown, doggone it. No letdown. <laughs> Yeah, three, t- uh, three, three touchdowns for Matt Asiata on the goal line. Pretty crazy. Very cool. He wound up with over 70 yards in the game. 78 to be exact. 
78. But uh, the point <laughs> to get to on this one is Teddy Bridgewater. Looked like he'd been in the NFL for about 10 years when they got that touchdown. Just kind of trotted up the field. Wasn't jumping up and down, going crazy. Didn't want to take the game ball away from Matt Asiata or anything. <laughs> no, none of that stuff. None of that. And, and you love to see emotion, but at the same time, you like to see a player that acts like he's been there before when he really hadn't been there before, really. I mean, he'd kind of been there before. I guess last week does count a little bit, but Teddy Bridgewater acting like he's been there before. And when you watch him, you actually believe it, too. You actually believe it. Just an amazing sight. The confidence, the calmness of this young quarterback. Exactly what the doctor ordered for this franchise. And like I always said in so many previous shows, for years, this is the seventh season now, Purple Mafia has covered the Minnesota Vikings. Seventh season, folks. How many times did I say the Vikings, when it comes to a quarterback in the draft, the Vikings need to get lucky. They need to get lucky. Did the Packers get lucky? Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers went from the number two overall pick to the 24th. Teddy Bridgewater went from the number one overall pick to the 32nd. There it is. There it is. And I'm not necessarily comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, but I'm comparing <laughs> the fact that the right player slipped to the Minnesota Vikings they, and they took the right one this time. So it seems. It's early. I understand that. Long way to go. But did Christian Potter look this good in his first start with the Minnesota Vikings? Not particularly. He looked decent against the Green Bay Packers. But it was like almost immediately after that. <laughs> you could tell the guy was going to have his tough times in this league. Teddy Bridgewater had some tough times in this game. There was a stretch in that third quarter. It's like, you know, I don't think the Vikings are going to win this game. Because Atlanta was scoring. And Teddy Bridgewater's passes weren't so accurate. He was overthrowing Jarius Wright. He was underthrowing Cordero Patterson uh, at times. There was a pass that was literally a gimme interception by an Atlanta uh, defender. Yeah, it was uh, quite scary, to be quite honest. I mean, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> we got problems here, guys. We got problems here in Mini 20. But Teddy Bridgewater really held strong. And he started, <laughs> he started to kind of go back into the mode again. Like, everything's going to be alright. The next thing you know, the Vikings were ahead again. The leadership, the poise, the confidence from this young man rubs off on his teammates. And that's how this team is going to succeed. Long term, short term, and present term. <laughs> present term, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but this was an overall coming out party for the Minnesota Vikings. I remember last week, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool when you see Bridgewater at quarterback, McKinnon at running back, and of course, Cordell Patterson at wide receiver, which is the least of the surprises with Cordero. Except they're not giving him the damn ball, but you get the idea. Um, it's like, oh, there you go. Maybe that's the future uh, trio. The whole quarterback, running back, receiver bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon goes out there. He goes from basically nothing to a guy that looks like he's going to have a huge future in this league as well. We see the explosiveness now from Jarek McKinnon. He doesn't look overmatched and not ready for this league. Uh, still, I think he could improve his uh, receiving just a little bit. Just a little touch. That would be nice. 
would be very nice. <laughs> but overall, his explosiveness, we saw it for the first time today. 118 rushes, 135 yards, folks. 135 yards for Jarek McKinnon, including, of course, that 55-yard dash. And the blocking was unbelievable on that play. He did have a hole that you could see right away. But sometimes a guy's going to go down, even though there's a big hole, maybe eight yards, the defender's going to come and get him. But his explosiveness helped him get a little bit more open. And then, next thing you know, there's great blocks by, obviously, Felton's block early on was huge, Jerome Felton. And Cordero Patterson, who's a star, just a stud out there, making really nice blocks now, too. For Jarek McKinnon, man, I mean, the guy, we, you know what the Vikings have at the running game, at least as of today? Thunder and lightning. There it is, thunder and lightning. Matt Asiata's thunder, and of course, Jarek McKinnon is lightning. And what was the other thing I needed to say, or what was the other thing I've said the past few weeks here for the Minnesota Vikings? If they're going to have success at all this year, they need to get some type of running game. Well, they certainly did that today, didn't they? <laughs> oh boy, to the tune of about 230 yards on the ground. I mean, we'll take it, won't we? Good stuff. 78 yards for uh, Asiata. 78 yards for Asiata, who actually looked pretty slow in plotting, but still managed to get 78 yards on the ground. But then 135 for McKinnon. And yes, there was good blocking, but there's good blocking for other running backs too that don't explode like that. It's all a matter of, you know, it's all a matter of talent. It really is. Vikings actually 241 yards to be exact when it comes to rushing. 5.5 a carry. Amazingly, Atlanta was 5.6 a carry, if you could believe that. Their running game didn't look bad either, to be quite honest. But they rely more on their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, Matt Ryan, who did get three touchdowns in this game, like I was pretty much predicting last week. But the other key was two interceptions. Uh, the very last play, pretty much by Atlanta, was an interception. So that was, I'm not really counting that as any type of important play in the game. It's just a last second heave type of thing. I mean, it's just unfortunately, unfortunately hurts his stats, makes it look worse than it is. That's how it goes. But the uh, the first of the two interceptions was a bit of a uh, deal sealer, like uh, <laughs> Mr. Mark Carlson said in the in-game posts. It sealed the deal a bit. Just an awesome, awesome day for the Minnesota Vikings in general. To see Jarek McKinnon's explosiveness, though, out there. I was begging for it the first couple of weeks, first three weeks, that we'd see something out of the guy, that he could be the running back of the future for this franchise, because the future appears to be now due to circumstances. Multiple circumstances, the future's a bit early at quarterback and running back. And it looks like those spots maybe, just maybe, could be filled. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, next week, luckily, the Vikings uh, won't be tested. I mean, you've got an Atlanta. You mean, Atlanta and Green Bay's defenses aren't that good. That's the good news. And we will be talking about the Packers later for multiple reasons. The NFC North roundup and the Green Bay Packer preview will be put together. But I'm just saying. So that's a good chance for the Minnesota Vikings running game, hopefully, to look good yet again. And if it does, the Vikings are in good shape. Is this a playoff team? Eh, too early to say, but hey, we're 2-2. Two and two, And we beat a team that I did not expect us to beat. That's, that's good news. That's very good news. 
I didn't expect the Vikings to beat the Saints or the Patriots. But we did beat the Falcons, even though I thought the Vikings would be 1-3 today. Matt Castle at quarterback, Adrian Peterson at running back, or not. I didn't think the Vikings would be 2-2, two and two, so very encouraging. This is a step closer to a successful season for this franchise. That's the good news. That's the very good news. Vikings secondary still looks like it's got a ways to go, unfortunately. Um, but there were moments in this game that made you feel really good. <laughs> there really were. Seeing Xavier Rhodes knock down a pass, that was really, really important. In fact, he had four pass deflections in this game. Unbelievable, but that fourth one was, like, huge. Huge. Like, it, it, that would have been a, a big gain for Atlanta and a first down. But luckily, the <laughs> Xavier Rhodes is able to knock it away. I mean, that's Julio Jones he was guarding. I mean, you know, I mean, Julio Jones, you think? That could have been a huge problem. Luckily, no penalty was thrown in there. It was just a great play, and Julio Jones was pissed off, frustrated. Xavier Rhodes, there's another guy, another coming out party. He's looking good. Gerald Hodges is looking like a starting linebacker right now. I mean, how, how can you not like Gerald Hodges? Awesome. Gerald Hodges looks flat awesome. Anthony Barr, continuing to look like an elite linebacker of the future. Elite, you know, maybe not a superstar or anything, but he's got a chance to be that. And he took over the reins for uh, Chad Greenway, who's now out, unfortunately. He was wearing the green dot on his helmet for representing Chad Greenway. He's kind of like the captain of the defense, or at least the linebackers right now. And he records his second sack and had five tackles today. Second on the team. Huge, huge day for him. Huge. Tied for second with a few guys here, but uh, you get the idea. (laughs) Just an overall nice game. I mean, Josh Robinson looked good today. He was beat a couple times, and it happens, but even he deflected a few passes. Made some nice stops along the way. Josh Robinson making big stops. How cool is that? Josh Robinson? Mike Zimmer obviously putting putting a stamp on this Viking defense. More and more. You're seeing better play out of guys like Josh Robinson, even though he gets beat sometimes. Blanton didn't look didn't really look bad today as far as I'm concerned. Um maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> but from what I saw, my personal opinion, Robert Blanton looked alright. Efferson Griffin was was really strong along the way. Linval Joseph, elite. An elite run stopping defensive tackle. He just might be a pro bowler. doesn't have to be a starting pro bowler, but maybe he'll be a pro bowler by the end of the year. Captain Munderland's having a huge year. He's a bit snake bit with the refs, but he's having a nice season. The Vikings defense was beat at times, but it kept them in the game. They didn't get killed. They did get beat. Yeah, obviously they did. You are going against Matt Ryan, and of course the Vikings secondary isn't that good. And yeah, there are, about, there are at least two plays that there was nobody on... The uh, Falcons uh, receiver, like nobody. Captain Munderland flat missed uh, Roddy White, just missed him. Like, whoops. He just, he misread the route. He, uh, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened, so it's kind of disappointing to see Captain Munderland do something like that. Hmm. That was disappointing. The second one, I'm not even, I don't even, I'm not even sure who, who, whose assignment it was, because there was not really much of a camera angle on that one. But that led to an easy Atlanta score to make it 28-27 to 27 at the time. Had me very worried. I was like, okay, I don't think we're going to win because Bridgewater is suddenly not as accurate as we thought, or not as accurate right now. 
but he doesn't look phased. He still has got that look in his eye, like, yeah, okay, be okay, no problem. <laughs> he still had that look in his eye. And luckily, Bridgewater would uh, keep the Vikings moving forward, despite the fact he got hurt, led the Vikings to a field goal, or actually a touchdown. <laughs> that saved the day, thank God. Ultimately, would be the game-winning play. Made it 35-28. Helped the Vikings not only get the touchdown, but the two-point conversion. But then the limping began, and, and here came the cart, and damn it. <laughs> but that's a guy who's clutch, man. A guy who's clutch. Very cool. So it was kind of like a touchdown pass when he uh, <laughs> threw the two-point conversion at a very important point in the game. Uh, that pass was to Rhett Ellison. Of course, early in the fourth, well, about mm, one-third in the fourth, about ten minutes into the fourth. 35-28 really made us feel better. And then it was Christian Ponder the rest of the way, and it was all about the Vikings running backs <laughs> at that point. Ponder didn't throw a single pass. Isn't that funny? But everybody's scared. Oh, my God, Christian Ponder. Oh, my God, Christian Ponder. But the Vikings running backs got the got them two field goals, a 55-yarder from Blair Wallace, which in a lot of ways was the dagger. Gave the Vikings a 10-point lead with about three and a half minutes left. And then the 33-yarder, which was the absolute positive game-over kick. Much easier in that case. Uh, I'm not sure what Viking fans must have been thinking with Ponder, and they're like, oh my god. <laughs> but in a way, in a sick way, you just knew he would he would find his way on the field somehow, somewhere. Someday. Someway! <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. Sebastian Ball's actually messaging me live here saying, what play was it after? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. I think it might have been right around that late. Yeah, I think it was that late. Um, this right, like a little bit before the thirty-five twenty-eight. I think it was around then because it was early in the fourth. It was it was during that drive, which ultimately had the Vikings leading thirty-five twenty-eight and was the winning drive of the football game. You know, so Sebastian Ball is passing on his clutch ability to Teddy Bridgewater there. So there you go. So there you go, Sebastian. Guy who says in Teddy we trust and and uh, in Zimmer we trust as well. So there you go, Sebastian passing on that positive energy <laughs> to the Minnesota Vikings. There, kind of like that. Just uh, just kind of interesting how that kind of happened right about the same time. Very very cool game. I mean, there's not I mean there's not much more to say without rehashing it too much. Obviously, you know, a couple of blown plays which made me think Alan Williams was still the. Uh, <laughs> was still the de- the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Oh, shudder, shudder, right? Just like uh, Dave Martin was saying on Twitter again, like, don't remind me. Yeah, I mean, it, well, there were Alan Williams-type plays where guys were literally standing on their own catching touchdown passes from Matt Ryan. <laughs> uh, so ultimately, we'll uh, move off the Vikings for the moment and on to the Atlanta Falcons briefly. Uh... They look. They still look like a decent team. I still think they are a playoff team. I think, or but then again, at the same time, they're they, they're gonna. It's gonna be a tougher road to get to the postseason than some of us may have thought. Obviously, they're talented, and they had that huge season just two years ago. Huge season. Most people would tell you they probably, well, not most, but a lot of people would tell you they probably should have made it to the Super Bowl against Baltimore. That would have been an interesting matchup. Um. 
But last year, obviously, there were so many injuries and just everything went down the tubes. Matt Ryan, obviously, was in a contract year when they went to the conference finals. Convenient how that goes. And uh, they're not a good road team, man. That's the good news. We took advantage of it. All that positive energy, and despite the fact that it's a rookie quarterback starting his first game, the Vikings took advantage of the possibility that this Atlanta team was not going to not gonna get it done today in Minnesota. I mean, ultimately, it's just... It, it was the offense for the Vikings, I think, that in a lot of ways won this game. The defense kept Atlanta in check. I mean, they didn't get 56 points or anything. They got 28. So that's the good news. I mean, I, I actually had Atlanta only scoring 27 and Minnesota getting 20. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a struggle, incomplete passes, and just, uh, we got a punt, we got a punt. But Bridgewater, this guy was ready to go. And that's the key. Bridgewater was ready to go as was the running game. He had weapons to keep the defense honest. Like, oh, yeah, well, when we keep handing the ball off and these guys keep getting... <laughs> these, guy, these guys keep getting yards on the ground, we can't just focus on, on the pass. This isn't a dead running game. It's a, it's a potentially decent running game now. So it helped Teddy Bridgewater. I could kind of close with this. If this running game continues to play well... The Vikings are in really good shape because the, the running game was completely non-existent against New England and New Orleans and the Vikings lost the game. Not not only because of that, but it sure, sure, sure handcuffed this offense in so many ways when you have zero running game. The quarterback is the most important position on the field. It was the most important position on the field in the 1970s in the 1980s and the 1990s and and 2000, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. I'm going too far with that. But back then, obviously, the running back, a lot of people saw the running back as even as unbelievably important. Unbelievably important. Establish the run, establish the run, establish the run. But then a lot of us kind of went away from that thinking, well, it's all about the quarterback now. All you need is an okay running back. Well, not... Too many good teams out there have an okay running back. You have to have a slight. You have to have a better than okay running back. You don't have to have Sean Alexander in his MVP season, or so and so and so and so. But if, at least a Frank Gore type, Jarek McKinnon, maybe he's headed that way. Maybe a different type of player, but just saying, a starting running back with some talent, a guy who can go can can score, make big plays, score touchdowns. We may have that. And then a nice goal line, like a, th- a third down type of running back or a goal line type of running back to smash that thing in there. A power guy, which Matt Asiata is becoming now. He's been scoring some touchdowns from that goal line. Very, very cool. The, the success of the Minnesota Vikings does hinge on, you, you do have to have at least some running game. You have to keep the defense honest. It's basically like if you're a basketball team, great, you can score down low, but you have zero three-point game, so they can all focus down low, shut the the lane down and you're screwed. Or if you're only a shooting team, then all you do is focus on the shooters because you can't score down low. Blah, blah, blah. Keep the defense honest. There you go. <laughs> Vikings in good shape now. So it seems. Hopefully this can continue and into Lambeau Field in the coming week. And that is why I'm recording <laughs> earlier this week. I like to record Sunday night, but this time I'm absolutely making sure that I record Sunday night because we got a we have a game coming up this Thursday. I mean, there's no time to waste. Got to get this show out, and plus, with so much positive energy, got this. Got to get this show out while it's fresh. Got to give it time to get some listeners. 
So it's not like everybody's, you know, moved on for the week to the next game, and this show gets no love whatsoever. This game today deserves some time to be out there before the next show comes out, before the next game happens, and this is old news. I don't want this to be old news. This is this is a coming out party, and that's going to be the title of this episode, <laughs> the coming out party. So now we move on to segment number two, where we preview the Green Bay Packers and, of course, do the NFC North Roundup before that. But I guess they're going to kind of be merged in a lot of ways because the Bears and Packers played. So basically, all we'll talk about is the Lions first, <laughs> and then on we go. So that'll that'll be easy, huh? Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun indeed. So now, a word from Tallgrass. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, NFC North, Roundup, and, well, hmm, Packer Preview in this case. Dare I use the same name as the show in town? <laughs> but the, uh, well, next week's preview game, we'll say. There's only going to be two games to talk about because, uh, well, first of all, we'll start off with the division leaders. The first place Detroit Lions, who are now 3-1 and one after defeating the now 1-3 New York Jets, who actually are probably the best 1-3 and three team in football right now. In fact, I'll probably end up, but I may end up correcting myself in about five minutes here. Who knows? 24-17, Detroit beats... The New York Jets, not the most exciting game you ever saw, but if you're a Detroit Lions fan, not the worst game you ever saw. Well, Matthew Stafford managed to throw uh, three touchdown passes this time around, so, or actually two, because and he ran for one, okay. But, uh, yeah, when Matthew Stafford is on, the Detroit Lions are in good shape. When Matthew Stafford's off, they struggle. Even though sometimes they still win in spite of him. <laughs> but the Lions look really good under Jim Caldwell so far. Stafford almost 71% passing, 24 of 34, just under 300 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions this time around. Very key for him. <laughs> very, very key for him along the way when it comes to the Detroit Lions and their success under Jim Caldwell. Quarterback rating 116.4. Matthew Stafford really on his game all the way here. Reggie Bush, they didn't really go to the running game all that much. But they also kind of went to a committee a bit, in a way. And they have two good running backs. I mean, why not? Joyke Bell's the power guy. Uh, with eight carries, 32 yards. Reggie Bush with 12 carries, 46 yards. Fairly nondescript. 
along the way. Matthew Stafford definitely gets the game ball when it comes to the Detroit Lions, the Lion Ball, whatever you'd want to call it if this was a Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, Golden Tate becoming a really nice possession receiver. And Calvin Johnson, hmm, for the second week in a row, not really seeing the ball that much. Uh, Two catches, targeted twice, two catches, 12 yards. I can't imagine he liked that. I'm sure he's happy they won the game. I'm sure he is. But 12 yards and two catches for Calvin Johnson? Huh. Golden Tate was targeted 10 times and 8 catches, 116 yards. Golden Tate really becoming a valuable piece for the Detroit Lions like I was thinking he would be. Man, I can't believe it. They're 3-1. and one. And They got off to a good start last year too, but this time around it just feels better. It doesn't feel like something that's going to explode or implode per se like under Jim Schwartz. They, they got the right Jim leading the way, we'll say. Over in Detroit, uh, they sacked Geno Smith twice. One from Nick Fairley and the other from James... I'm, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Hindigo, Hindigbo. I can't say it right. I don't, uh, but that's the point. He got the sack. Nick Fairley, obviously, very familiar name. The Lions defense held pretty strong in this one, also forcing a turnover from Geno Smith and the New York Jets. Lions look good. They look really good. Uh, we're definitely going to be keeping a close eye on them all season because, obviously, NFC North roundup all year. It's going to be real interesting to see who wins this division because now the Minnesota Vikings are once again alive. Very much alive. They're a part of this. We are, uh, well, we haven't played a division game yet, and we're going to be playing a division game very soon. Very, very soon against the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> who defeated the Chicago Bears 38-17. to Ouch. Uh, the Bears now, I guess, are last place because they lost a division game. Okay, Green Bay lost a division game to Detroit. So Detroit owns the uh, tiebreaker with Green Bay for the time being. And Green Bay holds the tiebreaker over at Chicago for the time being. Oh, I'm getting tired of these things. Why do they pop up? This is stupid, but <laughs> pardon me. But uh, Green Bay, yep, Rodgers had that quiet week last week. Only threw for 162 yards. He's like, really? What's going on? Detroit really shut him down, big time. Like, Rodgers was like non a non-factor against Detroit, and it was quite strange. But he throws for four touchdowns in Chicago. Go figure. 38-17. to Green Bay rolling all over Chicago. Certainly looked like the Bears might have a good shot at this thing. Brandon Marshall scoring, getting a touchdown pass from Jay Cutler. A little more than halfway past the midway point in the first quarter. 7 nothing Chicago. It's like, oh, that must have been encouraging. Like, here, here come the Bears. They're going to be fine. Next thing you know, the Packers was just up and down the field. Eddie Lacy, who's back now. That's pretty key for the Green Bay Packers' success. Back from that concussion scoring on the goal line to tie it up. The Bears actually took the lead again, if you can believe it. The Bears actually led multiple times in this game before Green Bay just went ape bleep late in the, uh, yeah, there it is, another late first half score. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Bears ultimately led 10-7, to and the Rodgers, then Rodgers and the Packers took the lead on the next drive. Later on, the Bears would score another touchdown to make it 17-14, and it's like, ah, oh, this is going to be one of those really good games. Maybe the Bears will pull it out at the end, and they'll be the division leader. It'll be them versus Detroit for the division. But then the Packers with a key uh, scoring drive with only a minute left in the half. It happened again. And now they're, <laughs> for the third week in a row, in a key division game. 
another late uh, first half score. This time Chicago wasn't the one scoring it. <laughs> oh no, they weren't. This time it was Green Bay scoring it. And uh, they went up 21-17 and never looked back. The Bears never scored again and the Packers would continue to score along the way. <laughs> they'd score three more times. All touchdowns. Actually, no, they'd get a field goal first and then score two more touchdowns, pardon me, <laughs> along the way. And then the fourth quarter was just kind of a eh fest. It was an eh fest. Rodgers never actually left the game, but they handed the ball off a lot. Rodgers had a near-perfect game, almost 80% completion, quarterback rating 151. Unbelievable. Like I said, four touchdowns, no interceptions, was only sacked once. Didn't see much pressure from the Chicago Bears along the way in this one. Jimmy Clausen getting a tiny bit of action for the Bears along the way. Uh, Cutler throwing two interceptions. That was pretty crucial. Hurt the It hurt the Bears. It certainly didn't help them. Anytime they'd look like they have something going, Cutler would uh, throw an interception or just the Bears wouldn't get anywhere. Matt Forte looked good early on. But ultimately the Bears had to try to catch up after that. And things just uh, weren't meant to be for the Bears. Green Bay and Chicago. I don't know what to make of these teams what the hell? I mean, I remember the Bears lost to Cincinnati early in the year, and it was like, huh, what's going on with Chicago? Then they beat San Francisco, and they crush the Jets. They make a huge comeback against San Francisco on the road. Unbelievable. The Packers barely beat the Jets, get their butts kicked by Detroit, get beat by, uh, it's just along the way, not know what the hell to think of the Packers, ultimately, or the Bears. I mean, the Packers just non-stop up and down. The Bears and the Packers and the Vikings and other teams <laughs> all over the place. Yep, the Packers slaughtered by Seattle. That was the other one. Yep, of course. And it's like I knew that, but it was blanking on me. Uh, beat by Detroit, slaughtered by Seattle, barely beat the Jets, and then slaughter Chicago. I mean, I don't know. This is a stock that's all over the place. Um, with the Vikings secondary being what it is, well, they looked okay against Matt Ryan, but it was a home game for the Vikings. <laughs> And the Falcons, for some strange reason, aren't really good on the road. This is a home game for the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Their losses were uh, on the road as well. The Packers have won their games at home. Uh, They've had a kind of a tough go so far, have the Packers, when it comes to their scheduling. I mean, they've had a lot of, uh, they've had, what, three road games so far. So, go figure there. Detroit winning in New York, that's actually a pretty nice win, even though Chicago just did it last week. This is going to be a tough one for the Vikings. Let's just say they win this game Thursday night on national television. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of excited people watching this team. Let's just say my numbers are going to go off the charts, and so is everybody else's. I don't know why this keeps popping up, and I deeply apologize for that. This is a stock that just, it's just crazy. Cutler's another guy who... One week he looks great, the next week he looks like crap. The Packers seem to always own the Bears, and yes, there was a stat thrown out recently that Cutler's 1-for-9 against Green Bay with, was it 19 interceptions? 19 interceptions in 10 games against the Packers. Oh my god! Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty bad. Yeah, that doesn't look good for Mr. Jay Cutler, does it? Really? (laughs) That's a pretty bad statistic. Um, That does not help the Green Bay Pack, or excuse me, Chicago Bears history. That's like I said last week too, and obviously like Aaron Rodgers said, I've got 
I've got five letters for you. R-E-A. Uh, excuse me, what am I talking about? R-E-L-A-X. Excuse me, I'm like going to be hauled away here. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And look what he did. He lived up to the, he lived up to his statement. And like I was saying also, that's the Packers for you last week. They start out crappy, but they always seem to come creeping back. The Bears start out good, and they always seem to kind of slowly, you know, waste away as the year increases. So, this is an indicator that the Bears are, well, they go from a front run, from the from the front runner in the division to a team that's going to be in trouble now because they lost their home game to Green Bay. Do you think the Bears are going to go into Green Bay and beat them? I don't know, man. Looks like it's Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota. Ah, whatever. Anybody can win this division right now, the way it appears. The Vikings go into Green Bay and win. Boy, we might be the front runners next week because we would be 1-0 in the division. And it all depends on how Detroit does. And and Chicago, I suppose. But eh, yeah, we'll just see where things go from there. But if the Vikings win in Green Bay, wow. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's confidence is going to increase. Uh, the Vikings team in general confidence is going to increase. And uh, that's going to be the key there. It's like, what do you make of this Packer team? They certainly give up. Uh, they certainly gave up a lot of running yards today. That's good news for Jarek McKinnon and possibly Matt Asiata. <laughs> they gave up a lot of running yards. I do fear Eddie Lacy though. He hurt the Vikings last year, and Aaron Rodgers has torched the Vikings historically. The Vikings secondary still got some holes in it, and Matt Ryan exploited it. Luckily, though, Mike Zimmer's overall defense very, very physical and very on the ball. With a few, a couple exceptions this week, those two wide open plays that were just scary. <laughs> so it's all about uh, if you can, if you if you can pressure Aaron Rodgers. That's the hope the Vikings have to win this game. The Vikings have to win this game going into Lambeau Thursday night. The Vikings have had basically no success in these Thursday night games the last X amount of years. It's been a long, long time since the Vikings have won a Thursday night game or really any night game. <laughs> to be quite honest, and that's kind of scary. So that's another thing the Vikings hopefully can shake this week. And if they do, again, we're talking bombs away. This Viking team could go anywhere at that point. If they win in Chicago, anything could happen this season. They might go on even like a small little playoff run at that point. Yeah, never know. Um, like I'm seeing flashing on the screen the words turning point. It could be a turning point for the Minnesota Vikings if they beat the Green Bay Packers, a lot like in 98 when it was a huge turning point beating the Packers on Monday night when Randy Moss had his coming out party. Will Teddy Bridgewater not only throw his first touchdown pass, but maybe his first three? Wouldn't that be something? Well, it's the ultimate test for him right now. If the Vikings are going to be serious this year, this is the game. Hmm, this is the kind of game you win. This is the kind of this is the moment for a guy like a Teddy Bridgewater who lives and breathes this this sport, and you can tell he does. A guy like Jarek McKinnon could become a star going against this team. You never know. National television, border battle. Not only is Minnesota and Green Bay, but everybody else is watching as well. Man, man, man. This is this is this is this could be one of those classic games we talk about years from now, or it could be another one of those crappy ones that we just want to forget, like Christian Ponder's first game in Green Bay. That was an indicator of what was to come with Christian Ponder. Yeah, it was early in his career, but we but it was an indicator that he's not a winner. He's not serious. We'll see what happens.
And even again, even if the Vikings get throttled by Green Bay, I'm think I'm sure Bridgewater is going to look hella better than Christian Ponder did in his first Lambo uh, visit. I think he will look better. <laughs> oh boy! And some of my new friends on Facebook out there, well, which I will mention shortly <laughs> when we get to the standard direction segment, it's going to be like, man, <laughs> quit picking the Vikings to lose. Quit picking the quit picking the Vikings to lose. But do you, I, I don't know. Can I pick the Vikings to win in Green Bay? That's the thing. Does it come off as gutsy or does it come off as a homer? Because I'd much rather come off as gutsy than a homer. Or does it have to be both? Oh, boy. And Teddy Bridgewater's ankle's going to be hurting a little bit, I think. High ankle sprain, that's not fun. And um, luckily, though, he doesn't necessarily rely on his feet where other guys do. That's the good part about Teddy Bridgewater. He wants to be a passing quarterback, and that has been the tell on him for pretty much for forever. He's capable of being mobile, and we saw it multiple times today. But at the same time, he's more than capable of, of being a very good passer, using his brain. We shall see where things go here. Oh, as of right now, I don't want to do this. I really don't. And I know I can just hear you guys rolling your eyes and swearing at me right now. But history has to change for me to break the Vikings to win in Green Bay on Thursday night. It has to change. It has to. And if it does, awesome. Hallelujah. The Vikings did beat Atlanta when I when they didn't think they would. The confidence level is so high right now with this team, I gotta think. But they better not be overconfident. Not against this passing game. And they have a nice running game, too. This is going to be a close game, though, folks. It's going to be very close. The winner of this game is going to make strides this season. Because Green Bay continue to move forward onto a onto a uh, division championship and a possible playoff run. Some people see them going all the way to the Super Bowl, maybe. And losing to the Patriots. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> no, but... Um, if the Vikings win in Green Bay, anything could happen. I think they could be a playoff team, without a doubt. I think they absolutely could be, barring injuries and some type of huge setback, like mentally from somebody. Though I, I don't even think of that happening. But as of right now, i got to go with Green Bay, 31-28. A close nail-biter type game. I think the Packers pull this one out, unfortunately. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it at all. I think Bridgewater will be impressive. I think Rodgers will be impressive as well. I think the Packers edged the Vikings by oh so much. But I've got that door open to the possibility that the Vikings edged Green Bay by oh so much. Is it just trying to go gray area? No, I'm not going gray area. I'm picking Green Bay to win the game by a narrow margin, but that does keep the door open to the very strong possibility that the Vikings could win this game by carrying the momentum of the Atlanta game into Green Bay and hopefully exploiting a secondary that isn't that good but does force turnovers. That's the scary part. Hopefully Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw a turnover in this game. He almost did a couple times against Atlanta. So, I mean, they're going to happen once in a while. (laughs) No matter how well he protects the ball, there's a possibility that you're going to get a turnover out of Teddy Bridgewater. It could happen at any point, any time. Even Drew Brees throws interceptions. 
as his face is flashing on the screen right now, getting their butts kicked in Dallas, interestingly enough. Hmm. Hmm. That's always been an interesting rivalry between those two for, like, ever. Oh, boy. Mm-mm. Yeah, Drew Brees. I sure lit him up last week, didn't I? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm such a mean guy. Hmm. But no, I don't like Aaron Rodgers either, Crespi. I hope the Vikings stack him like, you know, I hope they stack him like 10 times like we did back in 09. That would be pretty cool. But unlike 09, I don't think the, I don't think the Vikings win this one. I think the Packers are riding a uh, riding high right now and the Vikings success rate in Lambeau Field is really really poor. So it's all about can they beat can they break through this doggone wall called Lambeau Field. We used to be able to do it. So right now, I cannot pick them until they do it. That is my take. That is my black and white uh, approach to this one. 31-28, a dramatic game that will see several lead changes. You will see a turnover or two along the way from either Rodgers or Bridgewater. Maybe even a fumble. You might even see a kick return touchdown in this one. It's going to be one of those classic games that you remember. Hopefully, It'll be in the Vikings' favor, and we will be remembering this one as the game that got Teddy going, where Teddy became a star, just like Randy Moss way back in the day. Who knows? It could be. It could be time for that to happen. But until it does, I gotta stick with Green Bay. But the best part will be, regardless, even if the Vikings don't win the game, they will be right at the doorstep of winning it which will be a building block for the remainder of this season and future seasons when we do head into Lambeau again. And it ain't going to be easy. <laughs> the Purple ain't going to be pushovers no more going into, going into no Lambeau field in the future. 38, or 31, 31, 28, Green Bay over Minnesota. I'll be back after this for the fan interaction. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportsstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. We're on to the fan interaction segment to talk some more Teddy Bridgewater and and, and others, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, I suppose, <laughs> and I guess uh, some of the uh, some of the listeners coming out of the woodwork again. Very cool, really exciting to hear what you guys have to say out there. So first, I made a thread earlier in the week talking about how Kyle Rudolph was out six weeks with that groin injury. Oh, quite unfortunate there, or sports hernia. Sebastian Balls saying the irony of no Reisner and Teddy starting. Uh huh. Because remember how. Actually, I did read that last week, but that's ah, okay. <laughs> I can read it again. Because, yeah, I mean, 
think about it. I mean, the three touchdowns from Teddy Bridgewater to Allen Reisner. I mean, uh huh. And by the way, you got Neil Nate Dog Thiesing in studio. Yes, we got to get on. Uh, we got to get on uh, <laughs> Brave the Wild again soon. We should have a maybe a season preview up here in the next week or something. That'd be kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's in studio in the fan interaction segment. You got to like that. Uh, Mark Carlson saying this quarterback excites me. That's that's no. I mean, that's there's no doubt there. Sebastian Balls, these are in like the other posts. Sebastian saying, Sebastian, Sebastian's keys to the game, Atlanta, blitz Teddy, force quick decisions, Atlanta pass the ball, get Minnesota on their heels, Atlanta, stay balanced late in the game, Minnesota, establish a run and throw screens, pass coverage, stay on the speedy wide receivers, and also clog the middle and force the back outside to Hodges and Barr. Yeah, very good, very good thoughts there, Sebastian, and it'll be cool to have him back on the show once again as well. Jeff Froyland was saying, "Ready for Teddy? I'll be eating chicken wings for the game, <laughs> but we'll be calling them Falcons, Skull Vikings, ground them dirty birds." Very cool thoughts there from Jeff, and um, I think he's posted it once or twice before. I think he's relatively new. Yeah, welcome to the page if you are brand new. Um, Apologize for my funky memory on that one. Um, here we go. Last week there was some... Uh, I, I'm Usually when I post up that, oh, the newest episode's out, I get a couple responses. Some weeks there's some and some weeks there aren't. Mark Carlson saying, love love the title, downloading now. Thank you, Mr. Palladino. And you're welcome, Mark. And now, now you get to listen to this one, too. That was, of course, last week's title was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which <laughs> is New Orleans Saints. You got to like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Todd Todd Grunlian saying good morning just listen to this my first episode wonderful format and very informative I've added listening to the show to me weekly uh, to my weekly to do list Vikes are desperate ne- are, uh, Vikings are in desperate need for a win if we beat Atlanta it'll be much needed good shot in the arm for the team and the fans keep the in- the good info coming thank you very much Todd and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing what happened today. And it's going to be really good for this show, i got to think. Uh, and welcome to the show, Todd. Yeah, I mean, I remember a uh, week before you were saying how you're, you're unable to listen. But now, now you are able. So I'm very, very happy to hear that. I mentioned, oh, yep, Castle's now actually on IR. His season is over. It's Teddy time. Ponder's the backup. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson is number three. So McLeod Bethel-Thompson is back on the practice squad. Sebastian Balls saying what a lot of the fans said at the beginning of the game and during the game many times. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. <laughs> and then I had the teddy bear uh, uh, icon there. Yes, little teddy bear, little teddy, teddy bear. <laughs> Sebastian Balls saying uh, it makes up, for mo- uh, makes up almost for AP and Rudolph, not AVB. Maybe, maybe, maybe. He can lead this team of young, young, young kids. Yeah? And maybe, huh? Maybe. Lots of encouragement going on here. Dave Hickey saying, I hope it goes that way, but the pessimist in me thinks that five or six wins is the max. I only had them winning nine games, and that was with everybody. MBT is back now. Or is back. Wow. Saying Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Um, man. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, about the five or six losses. I mean, I feel you there. It sure looked we're headed that way until this game. I mean, today's game changes the 
it just kind of, it changes things a bit. Obviously, it changes the prospects of the season, as I was searching for the words. <laughs> it, it it certainly gives us hope going the rest of the way that maybe this team could win nine games. Or, or as long as they're not with the ponder, he'd even throw it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're too scared. Got that? We got that in studio audience. <laughs> oh no! Yep, hopefully they can hear you pretty good. I think so. Yeah, he's in the. Yep. Yeah, as long as, as long as Ponder isn't out there, right? <laughs> That's the fear. That's the fear. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yes, sir. Got him an in studio audience. Let's see. Yeah, you better not. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, is um, gonna undergo an MRI. So fingers crossed here. Even though he looks okay. If, He's undergoing an MRI, so yeah. and just uh, the the X-rays came out negative, but he's going under MRI for some reason. Huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I did mention how this the schedule this week with obviously the Packers and the fact that I work later on Mondays lately. I don't. I can't record the show on Mondays lately. I have to do it right away. Yep. <laughs> so I will not be taking calls this week, and I do apologize. We'll likely be taking calls next week after Packer Week, and we get a win there. Oh, my. Here comes the 10,000 listeners. <laughs> uh-huh. The $10,000. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Joe wishes. I wishes. Yep. Where is Gerald's post? Doggone it. Oh, I wanted to find it in here. For me, the headline of uh, this uh, game was... Uh, the wall, she missed the field goal and didn't come back and kill us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily. And then he made a 55-yarder. Uh, Wasn't that something? Uh, <laughs> yep. So like the, yeah. It's pretty, that was a, yep, 55-yarder. Ho- hopefully you guys can hear that, by the way. He's kind of in the distance. Um, why can't I find Gerald's? I know he posted on here. Doggone it. I think I can get more here. Um. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, I was trying to find his post. So you said they're not giving up season. Here we go. Gerald String, uh, who I mentioned last week, I was saying I wasn't sure if he was a listener or not, and I gave him a bronze star. He really liked that. <laughs> he says, Joey, love your show. Long-time listener, but new to Facebook. Can't believe you gave me a co-bronze star for my first post. Spend a lot... Uh, Spend a lot of time on the road and about went into the ditch when I heard that. <laughs> Just completely made my day. I haven't missed one of your shows for as long as I can remember, but dude, you gotta quit picking me to lose all the time. Come on, man. <laughs> and I, I did it again. I picked the Vikings to lose by three points. Yeah, against the Packers. Ouch. What were you thinking? Yeah, that's, that's kind of bad, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> I think he's gonna kill me. Uh-huh. Um... What else did he say? Oh, yeah, and he said, yeah, we, we go from the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels to the Dirty Rotten Birds. Yep. <laughs> Matty Ice kind of having one of those seasons already, though, I'm afraid. You're right about this weekend. Just hoping Bridgewater plays well no matter what the score. And Yeah, that's what it was looking like it was going to happen. Like he was going to play well, but maybe we were going to lose. And then, then things took their turn again. Back to the positive. Mm. Very happy about that. Their defense kind of stepped up and slipped. Mm-hmm. They were playing pretty good secondary. The, the defense did step up. The defense did step up, and uh, Xavier Rhodes with several pass deflections, including a key one in that fourth quarter on uh, uh, Julio Jones. That was just huge, very clutch moment for the uh, 
purple there. This thing is not going anywhere. I don't you just love these old laptops? <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I was using the iPad before, and I don't have it with me right now, which is just stupid. <laughs> Fire this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at me. I'm a little goofy now, because I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to do this this episode, and how could we not be excited? Heck, yeah. Ugh. The wind's definitely great. It's unbelievable. So now on to the post-game thoughts from uh, those of you out there on Facebook. Matthew Kyle out of Wayne, uh, Maine. What am I doing? I'm losing my brain here. Out of Maine. Oh. Out of Wayne. God. Okay. Uh, Teddy played flawless. Usually it's easy for me to focus on negatives, especially on our QBs. He puts in quotation uh, parentheses. Uh, but he was tremendous. I hope that ankle injury is minor. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And I apologize. Yeah, Matthew Kyle was... Uh, uh, private messaging me. I was actually eating at the time. I wasn't trying to blow you off, so I do apologize for that. Um, yeah, but no, I'm glad Yeah, I'm glad he posted his same thoughts on here, so now the listeners can uh, hear what he had to say, and it's always great. Brett McCarthy saying, likey, likey, they look awesome. Yankee saying, great O-line, thanks to the D for stepping up in the fourth quarter. Offense was on great tempo with an awesome performance from Taddy. Can't wait to dominate the Packers Thursday. Maybe. (laughs) And Mark Carlson saying something that I'm going to be doing here. Yeah. Give the Fran Tarkenton award to number five. And yeah, because that's obviously the player of the week is Fran Tarkenton. And uh, Mark Carlson definitely foreshadowing what I need to do. And lately it seems like I keep putting the awards for the week at the end of the show instead of at the end of the game review. But I suppose that's fine. I can join that with the stars here in a second. But you can pretty much guess where I'm going there. Tanae Brown, yes sir. Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion out of New Zealand. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Uh, uh, Tanae saying, I liked what I saw from Anthony Barr. This was the first game I've been able to watch everything. And he does a lot for the D from what I noticed. My football knowledge is pretty limited, but he looks good. Woo! (laughs) Teddy was awesome too. Was hoping he'd throw one in, but I'm glad he picked... Pick one up on the rush. Yep, he did score his first touchdown today, but not his first touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. But that play at the end of the first half, he was so damn close to throwing that first touchdown. Luckily, that didn't come back to haunt us. Those four points that were, you know, just they just didn't happen because it, no. we were so close and didn't quite get it. Jarek McKinnon was inches away, and I knew he was down on that play. And I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm smart. Or I'm not trying to say this and that, but I knew he was down. I was like, oh, we got lucky. They called a touchdown there. And then when I heard them reviewing, I'm like, ah, shoot. You know, yeah. They're going to say he's down. You could tell he was down. Uh, Jerick McKinnon. Man, I was like, well, there's another guy with his first touchdown. Rock and roll, another breakout party. Uh, and then it didn't count. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. So, son of a biscuit. Yep, yeah, son of a biscuit. But that pass, I'm telling you, this is a sign of things to come. Teddy Bridgewater rushed beyond belief. There was uh, the defender got right through the O line. I'm not sure whose assignment that he was blown or whatever, or just got beat, simply beat. <laughs> but Bridgewater, the way he just hoisted that ball in over the defender, and that thing was literally inches away from being an unbelievable play. Mm-hmm. Chase Ford just couldn't keep his feet in, and yeah. it was slightly overthrown, maybe like three, four inches overthrown. I mean, man, I, in in that type of situation. With uh, defenders hands up in the air and Bridgewater having to kind of hook it over him, <laughs> it's, it's just wow. I mean, unbelievable play potentially. Just like the one with Wright, where he was 
yep. go deep and he got overthrown. Mm-hmm. And if you can hear that out there, yeah, the uh, Darius Wright, yeah, he was wide open and Bridgewater overthrew him on that one. And other people saying Wright's just too slow. Um, maybe Wright didn't have the step on it because I, I think Darius Wright's pretty fast and yeah. Bridgewater's does have a decent arm too. So I mean, it's just a combination of things, and Bridgewater's not gonna be perfect. I mean. Mm. He looked a little scary at times in that third quarter. In the same time right there, he had some passes that were uh, underthrown to, uh, or it was just not in position. You know, he was behind uh, Patterson and he had one that was literally like in the, the hands of uh, Atlanta sec- uh, safety. I can't remember his name. Uh, but man. He just, uh, when he went sliding down, it made the ball bounce off of him. Yep, yep, he just didn't hang on to it. Yep, he slid. Slid on the ground. is <laughs> like, damn it. So, yeah. Like, thankfully, Brady Bridgewater did not get his first turnover today. Oh. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it was close. But, um, so he's at 0-0. Zero and zero. Need another ponder. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And he looks a hell of a lot smoother than Christian Ponder, doesn't he? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Mark Carlson saying, after some time to think about the game, I have to say the whole team played very well. The defense, in particular, kept Matt Ryan honest. Yep, Rhodes did not give up any big plays or penalties. I noticed last week, too, they hardly even threw the ball to him. Uh, and that's the Saints' offense, which the Falcons' offense is more vertical, more dangerous, but the Saints yeah. usually get a bajillion pass completions because they're shorter passes and quicker passes. Yeah. So the fact that Rhodes didn't get thrown to last week, very encouraging that he's doing something right. And those four pass deflections, again, man, I mean, I'm telling you, all you haters on, on Mr. Rhodes out there. Hmm. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a player. But uh, to continue, uh, he says he has really stepped up his play. Yep, I remember when Paladino Joey talked about running back by committee in the previous episode. And he said, uh, yeah, I was happy to hear him mention one of my favorites, Robert Smith, old baby face. Yep. It looks like we do have a few studs to run the ball. Hello, McKinnon. One last point. The fans. Yes, the fans. We're cheering Teddy, Teddy so loud. I could hear it all the way down here in Iowa. Uh-huh. Let's show the Packers. Skull, Mark from Iowa. And that is a star candidate uh, uh, comment there by Mark Carlson. Yep. <laughs> That's a star candidate. Yep. He's going to be in the stars. Most likely, unless I'm stupid and forget. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, Todd saying... Todd Grunlian saying, great game overall. I think Teddy, touchdown, had a fantastic first game. D did great too, but gave up too many long third down conversions. We, fans, and team needed a big win again against a good team. Go Vikings. Gerald String saying, we never, uh, was never, I'm sorry, I apologize, was never a big fan of drafting quarterbacks in the first round, unless an absolute can't miss of a deal, of a, uh, of a deal. I was very skeptical of Teddy, which I was as well, by the by the way, Gerald. Uh, but admired his maturity and leadership right out of the chute. Very early to tell, but while Johnny Football was screwing off in Vegas, yep, Bridgewater moved to Minneapolis, living out of a hotel to learn the playbook and get down to business. What a class act. Hope he's our guy for a long time. Woo! <laughs> and I'm telling you, this uh, Teddy Bridgewater... Like I keep saying and I keep gushing about time and time again in this episode and even a bit in the last episode. There's something about this kid, you know, that's that's very different from the modern athlete. That uh, he's got that 
he looks like he's got that kind of that Kobe-ish personality, and not the selfishness either. Like he's, you know, the Kobe like in terms of like he's much more interested in learning the playbook and figuring out how to beat somebody versus where where's the party. You know what I'm saying? Where uh, a lot of professional athletes are, where's the party? Including some really good ones like. <laughs> Neil Thiesing would know about Patrick Kane. Yeah, he seems like he's more interested in partying. Yeah, he's won. He's already won two cups. But just saying, huh. Kobe Bryant won five. Doggone it, won five uh, NBA championships. So that I like the competitors that are really more serious about winning. Like Except a Kane Tom Brady hasn't won a gold gold, gold medal. medal yet. No gold medal. Nope. <laughs> yeah, what a loser, right? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean. I, I mean, too many guys are focused on where's the party, you know? I mean, yeah. I like players that are focused on how can I beat you. I love that. God, I love that. And so we Some have... players are just jackasses. Yep. <laughs> Some players are. <laughs> this is a fun fan interaction. This is a little different right here. This, I've yeah. never done this before. It's kind of fun. <laughs> if you jump in, like, this is kind of fun. You know, mm-hmm. off in the background, though, hopefully they can hear you okay. I mean, it's a pretty decent microphone, though. Pretty decent. We're just having some fun. It's like in-studio audience, as they say on, on Cheers. Cheers is formed before a live studio audience. <laughs> no more <I> see. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I'm starting to chuckle it up here. <laughs> um, yeah, the, me and Dave Martin back and forth a lot. And obviously not back and forth arguing, just having a fun conversation during the game. Northern Scotland. Out of Northern oh. Scotland. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> yeah, I love the guy. You know, Barry, we have a lot of fun conversations. He's got at least one or two gold stars and silvers and bronzes and stuff. So he's he's, he's got a little trophy case. Mm-hmm. He's the king of the Twitter now for Purple Mafia. Uh, where was this? That was like last week. What the heck, right? No. <laughs> yep. Um, Dave was saying, "What makes football so watchable? It's like a box of chocolates." Yep. How? Uh, you know the way Titty Bridgewater is playing. And such, we're having conversations. Yeah, and I was like, let me get this straight. Tampa loses by 50 last week and barely lose to Pittsburgh. Oh, wait. No, they actually, they beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, they won. Yeah, I was thinking they're going to lose, and then Tampa won that game. Amazing. <laughs> Tampa Bay lost 56-14 to 14 <laughs> last week to this very Falcons team that the Vikings beat in TCF this week. What were you thinking? And then Pittsburgh hammers Carolina. Hammers Carolina in their house. And they lose in Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay. Carolina lost today, too. And Carolina lost again. They're on a little swan dive very very quickly here for after a strong start. Kicking the Lions' butt just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And the Lions are in first place. They're, they have one loss. Uh-huh. Uh, wrap your head around that. Like, whoa. Huh. <sighs> I have a headache just thinking about it. I literally have a headache, actually. <laughs> just thinking about that. Oh. What is going on in this league? It's just weird. The Rams, like, beat... Yeah, the Rams have beaten Tampa Bay, too. Remember what the Vikings did to the Rams? Uh, so, <laughs> Tampa Bay wins, and then the... I don't know what's going on. <laughs> third-string quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tampa? Yeah, Glennon, right? Yep. Uh, or are you thinking about no, someone else? about the Rams. Oh, the Rams had a third-stringer? Yeah, because Sean Hill got hurt during that game. Yeah. And, yeah, and then they have, uh... Was it Austin, right? In there. Like, who? Huh. Ike Austin? No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I uh, yeah. How about them Rams? Yeah, yeah. And they were they almost beat Dallas, and then Dallas was beating the New Orleans Saints tonight. What the hell's going on in this league? They were whooping them. How about them Saints? Huh? You know, I used to always see Dallas 
and uh, New Orleans. <laughs> I used to always see Dallas and New Orleans play together back in the day, and I'm like, God, I love New Orleans, and I hate Dallas. Man, go get them. Huh. I actually hate the Saints so much. I was almost cheering about cheering for the Cowboys tonight. How weird is that? Well, uh, Whew, wrap your head around that one too. Hmm? The I know we got a penalty when we were facing the Saints, and because we did, he like swung the Drew Brees around. Yeah, yep. He did like a flip. Oh, that's yeah. That was the yep. I talked about that a lot last show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the too suplex. Bad he didn't get injured, so we would have had our Look at uh, ya. had our uh, full blown revenge. Yep. Yeah, because obviously the high low and far. Yep, yep. I was mentioning that high low and far <laughs> and the. Get a little uh, up-down, I guess, on, uh, okay, that didn't sound good, but whatever you call it. Suplex, there we go. Would have had a lot of uh, um, mad uh, um, people for fantasy. Yeah, no no kidding, because Breeze is supposed to be like a first-round pick. Yeah. Son of a biscuit. So we dance around on Twitter. Now, obviously, yeah, you heard in the jingle how to get to the Purple Mafia page and all that good stuff at Purple Mafia Show. So, yeah, I just thought I'd repeat it. Uh, yep, lots of back and forth between me and uh, um, Dave Martin. Teddy B's gloves is also saying he's worried about Teddy Bridgewater uh, thinking that's his game, like running too much. He appears so good at going through his progressions. So, like, obviously, like being more of a quarterback than versus like trying to be a running all the time. Like, we don't want another Michael Vick, damn it. My, I mean, nothing personal on Michael Vick here, but uh, no, I don't. Michael Vick's career success, not really that of a great quarterback, just a just an entertaining quarterback. Uh, I think Bridgewater wants more than that, I, I leave from what I can tell. Um, oh, boy, and I was talking about a certain drive. That drive certainly sucked. Uh, here we go. Dave Barnes saying, Dirty Birds are making Bridgewater look like Montana. And Asiata looked like Peterson. Is this the worst defense in the NFL? Um, Tampa's was, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Tampa's was with Leslie Frazier and Lovey Smith leading the way. But, uh. yeah, that's pretty funny when you think about that. But, obviously, it's personnel, too. But, then again, that was the Vikings' excuse last year. Mm-hmm. Sure, most of the same guys look better now. So, uh, and then they get better. I have no idea what's going on. It's, hmm, no idea. It's a mess. But, um, yeah, we hope Bridgewater isn't just a running quarterback, and I don't think so. I ho- I think it'll be okay. Um, um, say when he scored, it, it was, like, wide open. Oh, Bridgewater? Yeah he, yeah. he had all day to run. Yeah, that was a good play. Yep, and he kind of ran in there, too. He made a little contact. That was the only time he didn't slide on a run. Uh, otherwise, most of the time he will slide. That was um, kind of scary watching him. Jumped in the air for that touchdown. Yeah, I was like, oh no, no. And then, then he does hurt his ankle later in the game. That yeah. figures, you know, it's like, jeez. Oh boy. Uh, Dave Martin saying, oh, here we go. Yeah, Jeff Lubrent also, at Jeff underscore Lubrent, saying, uh, we have a habit of taking field goals over touchdowns with these damn dirty birds, and we did that all week last week with the Saints. No touchdowns at all. Justin in Rochester, Justin Day was saying you forgot bad angles, and I was saying bad tackling on some of the on that one Atlanta touchdown where they just ran right through us. This guy just ran right through us. They're running back, uh, unbelievable. That was fun. Steven Jackson. Uh, this was their backup. This is the other one, the younger one. Uh, like what the hell? Just ran right through us. Uh, Didn't you just love that? <laughs> that's uh, that's funny how some like teams 
their uh, running back just seems to plow over mm-hmm. people, or they they just do have a real good run game, and we have the best like running back, uh, Adrian Peterson, and he only gets like mm. 70, 70 yards like in a game, and we have the best running back in the whole entire league, and how the heck do you only get 70, it's like 25 carries or something for like 70 Mm. I was talking about our, um, was it our first game, mm-hmm. was it, versus the Rams? Yeah. Yep. That, that was the only game Adrian Peterson played in? Yeah, yep, that was the only game. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates you as a... Yeah, you don't get it. Yeah, there. I, I don't get it. Yeah, that, that guy looked pretty good, by the way, Zach Stacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his, the Rams, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, without a doubt. And then now uh, that that running back was yeah Anton Smith from uh, he ran for forty eight yards just unbelievable I, mm-hmm. that play was tough to watch he just went right through the middle and adios bye bye <laughs> no it was no tackling and bad angles yep uh, Dave Martin wrapping up the fan interaction saying nice win when that O line plays we can do some damage in the run game two and two let's take advantage. Let's let's take it to the Slackers and get a win. The Slackers, because I call them the Slackers too. Huh. Oh yeah, and Dave's at one point said, "Oh no, it's Ponder time." You were saying it's like last year. Yeah, you got your wish. Drink, please. Yeah, when I was saying those bad miscues on defense, yeah. yeah, there were two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wide open, and obviously that run defense too. At one at some points was really dumb looking. Uh-huh. <sighs> I want to throw up some of those. <laughs> So it's time to pass out some stars and some awards. So Fran Tarkenian Award goes to Teddy Bridgewater, without a doubt. Yes, sir. Teddy Bridgewater does get the Fran Tarkenian Award. He is the new Fran Tarkenian. <laughs> yes, uh, I hope so anyway, um, as long as his ankle's okay. God forbid. Um, the the Tavares Jackson Award, the worst player of the week. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I guess no. It's like I wanted to. It's like it almost could have been Blair Walsh that missed kick, but uh, no, he made a fifty-five yarder later. Yeah, right now, maybe it's me for picking the Vikings to lose. <laughs> I'm trying to. Way to go, Joe! It's like I don't want to rip anybody right now. They played so well. Uh, even Khalil looked better. Um, none of. Them, I mean, the O line looked looked better today. Yeah. There's really nobody to rip. Necessarily, because a lot of the players that didn't play well in certain plays, they played better later. I guess maybe in a sense, like in a very slight sense, possibly Munnerland, because the way he just kind of like, I guess I kind of sort of give it to him, the way he went the wrong way, you know? He just went the wrong way, and Roddy White had like a free pass to a touchdown. He literally just ran in. Roddy White was open in the flat for a gimme touchdown. That was just like... You're welcome. Ha- Merry Christmas. So I guess I'll give it to Munnerland. Even though he actually played pretty good in the game, that play, I guess, earned him the uh, officially the uh, uh, Tavares Jackson Memorial. Yeah, isn't that harsh? Isn't that harsh? <laughs> so now it's time for some stars. Gold star this week. Going to give it to Mark Carlson. Yes, Mark Carlson, gold star. Yes, welcome back to the gold star trophy uh, case. That thing's getting pretty full over there, that Mark Carlson's uh, star to case. Uh, yep, welcome back to the gold star land. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Gerald String, you got a bronze star last week? You're getting a silver this week. I mean, I know the awesome stuff you said. Oh, man, you know, really cool. 
Yep, Gerald's getting the silver. Silver star, you're upgrading. You got two stars already, man. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And Todd Grunlian, bronze star. Yep. He, he, he got a gold star a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. He gets a bronze. Rock, rock and roll. Congratulations. So, Mark Carlson, here's the gold star song for you right here. Uh. And there you go. Rock and roll. Hoping the Vikings do beat Green Bay. It's going to be close. I remember I said 31-28, but it could go either way. Who knows? But officially, my black and white prediction, Green Bay wins by three in a dramatic game where Bridgewater looks good, but we just don't quite pull it out because Aaron Rodgers and all those guys are too good, and they beat us for the 99,000th time. Ah. Damn it. (laughs) Since 2010, we haven't really beaten Green Bay uh, over there. So hopefully that changes. We shall see. But until then, um, well, it's going to... It's going to go from a very warm day today and such, where I actually swam on September 28th, quite remarkable before the game. Took advantage of the late game, even though I hate late games, I took advantage of it and swam. (laughs) It was cold, but warm enough to swim. So, yeah, it was a new personal record for the latest uh, swim of the year. But uh, I probably won't be able to do that anymore. But But it will mean nice football weather. Yeah. And hopefully less injuries because Atlanta had three offensive linemen go down and they yeah. had a, they had a tight end play right tackle. Ouch! Huh. Not left tackle, mind you, but right tackle still. You know, that's pretty weird. Um, Mike Tice said his work cut out for him today. Hey guys, get out there! No, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tice. Yep, the old Viking coach. Yeah, he's been all over the place. He's uh, you miss him? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I miss his personality and. Yeah. I don't miss the... He was kind of a mess <laughs> a little bit. Uh-huh. But by the end of his run, it seemed like he was good. But then that stupid love boat thing like cost cost him, really. Yeah. Son of a gun. But yeah, I, I miss him. His personality was awesome. Mm, I miss him. <laughs> yep. Um, but with that, hope all of you do enjoy this week. And uh, it's going to be a quick one. That's why I wanted to get this show out as quickly as possible. And, you know, we got to talk about it right away. It's too exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Got to talk about the new era. Teddy Bridgewater, Jarek McKinnon, and give the damn ball to Cordell Patterson. <laughs> That's maybe the yes. the other Tavares Jackson, the, some of the play calling. Damn it, give it to Cordero. Look at you. Huh. Norv! Okay, sorry. Ooh. Norv, no, I love Norv. And we all do. The, the offense did look good, 41 points. There was no pick sixes. They earned all 41 of those suckers. His X team, Norv's, they're pretty, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Washington? Uh, or, no, uh, oh, Chargers. The Chargers, they're doing really good, yeah. yeah. They beat Seattle. <laughs> Whoa, they beat Seattle too, not too long ago, and they've, uh, they've been winning pretty much ever since. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So with that, everybody do enjoy a good point there. Yeah, they killed Jacksonville today. Um, But yeah, it's Jacksonville, but, nah, but you know. <laughs> with that, everybody do enjoy. Stay warm if it does get cold, and um, we will uh, hopefully enjoy a Vikings victory on Thursday night. That would be awesome. Hopefully have a Purple Mafia recorded possibly Saturday or Sunday night. I'll likely have it during the weekend after that game and hopefully a winning record after that. We'll see. Until then, everybody, do take care and go Vikings.